1: So where are you at? Where did you get to? Well, I just watched Orphan 55. Okay. I saw
0: that last night.
1: I, I got to say, when one day when they write Doctor Who by algorithm, um, <laughs> they feed in the entire history of Doctor Who into uh, the writing machine, and it spits out an episode. I feel like that episode is or- Orphan 55. I think it's come back to us uh, from the future of AI's first efforts.
0: Yeah. You it know, that's so a very wise numbers. observation. We, sh- we should save that one for that podcast. I don't know if we're doing that yeah. one. Uh, we haven't talked Spyfall yet. And yes, let's talk Spyfall. we we'll probably do that. Uh, I actually just watched the one tonight. Um, yeah, man, these are getting... Yeah, I don't know. They're getting... <laughs> the ham on the fists is getting pretty thick. That's it's all ham, I'll yeah. say. Although mm-hmm. I did like... Um, Guy who played tesla uh, i think it, it reminded me of the guy from er what's his name is it the guy
1: george, george clooney no, no
0: gorjon viznik
1: i've not uh, seen uh the tesla episode yet so anyway I am, interesting uh, but
0: spyfall though. you know was the thing um so, so should we just go into that should we just get yeah, right let's, into spyfall
1: let's get into spyfall a lot happened
0: a lot happened. It was very ambitious. It was an ambitious episode. I got to give it that. Um, so, yes. Let's talk Spyfall. I feel like we should need some kind of... <laughs> there should be more of a dramatic um, segue into the episode. So Spyfall was uh, obviously the first episode of this season. It was both the New York special and the season premiere. And... Mm-hmm. um. Yeah, I mean I, I I admire the ambition. I admire what it tried to do. I like the style. There was some real cool energy to it. And I don't know. I, I well first of all, which one did you like better? Part one or part two?
1: Um I like part two better. I part one really didn't gel for me. Um I I, I love Lenny Henry. Um I was, I was very glad to see him. Uh love Stephen Fry obviously yes uh, otherwise they they take away my british passport if i didn't um <laughs> but i i mean they, i don't think they either of them were used well um it just it seemed very uh it, it jumped around a lot it was it was quite flashy i mean you know it, it it still sucked me in i was interested um my first reaction to the master reveal was what uh um, right because we're supposed to have guessed it based on the fact that he can sprint. And I don't know if I missed something earlier in the episode where they say, no, he, he was actually a sprinter. Um, but that that seemed to break a storytelling rule or two there. Like, no, wait, hang on a second. You sprinted for the plane. You're supposed to be, or you, you couldn't sprint for the plane. You're supposed to be uh, an athlete. And and that's, that's the unmasking of the master. Um, that said, the more that I watched that segment and I watched it a few times cause I, I think it deserves it. Um, I, I got past that part and I really enjoyed this master. Well, I like his performance.
0: He's confident. Mm-hmm. He's trying to make it his own. Um, he gets even more physical with it in the second part, which I like. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of that worked okay. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm, I've got to be the, the fanboy kind of blowing the whistle, <laughs> who kind of like wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. A minute. Okay, if you're gonna do the master, uh, fair enough. Like let's bring him back, him, her, whatever, whoever it is. And but you you need to you need to like earn it. You need to like okay. We, when we last saw him uh, slash her. They were killing each other. There was something said about him not being able to regenerate when he got zapped with a laser screwdriver, and he was good. Let's remember that, <laughs> like yes. he, he had basically turned good. Um, so all of those things happened. This was a thing that happened to Doctor Who, and they sort of bring him back, and he's badder than ever with a TARDIS, which I think was kind of mentioned in the last one. I can't really remember. You never actually see the TARDIS, but they kind of talk about it, and it's never explained then or now how he got the TARDIS because he didn't have one before. But you know, I'm willing. There, there's certain things you got to be willing to overlook. But then it's like, wait a minute, you're bringing him back with no explanation of how he survived. And, you know, like it's not I know this isn't the first time doctor who has done this. But I mean, what one thing I really liked about Russell Davies era was that it respected what came before. You know, there were things like he didn't just do whatever just because he felt like it, even though he kind of did. He at least paid respects to what came before, like, for example. Uh, the Cybermen. He brings back the Cybermen in sort of a modern like uh, era, but that's not you know in in the world of Doctor Who that's not where the Cybermen come from. So he just he basically switches universes. Like he gets away with it. He does a an end run to do his own thing, but still respects what came before. And that's like okay, I like that. I as a, as a long time fan like I'm I, I'm who also likes reboots. Like yeah, that's mm-hmm. cool. Do it, but you know, figure it out. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I just had an issue the, with the this five
1: minutes that they put into explaining it. Like it, it doesn't take much, right? It takes a few lines of dialogue.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I think it takes a few lines of dialogue to figure out like the details. But it's like also like I, I don't think you want to undo everything that the doctor and the like the doctor was trying to do with the master in Capaldi's era in terms mm-hmm. of like. You know, like you're, you're, let's try to be friends again. Let's try to sort of rehabilitate you in some way. Like that was a big deal. You know what I mean? That's, that's beyond just sort of the plot stuff I'm kind of whining about, which I fully recognize as sort of fanboy whining of like, this doesn't make sense. But that was like, that was more of a big deal. So that, like, undoing that, and we'll get to the other undoing later, but undoing that, I feel like you've got to, you've got to do more than just even a throwaway line of dialogue. You've got to like, this should be something that is either slowly unraveled or some that some kind of philosophical uh, speech or rant that the master has onto why he has decided evil is the way to go again and that never happens so I've got an issue with that uh, which I admit doesn't have a lot to do with the episode itself and I I can acknowledge those issues I have while still saying you know Um, uh, Who's the actor? Sasha something Dewar I think his name is I thought he was great And I thought I thought As a person to cast As the master And in the way he chose To perform it I thought That's pretty good You know Okay This is kind of a worthy Sort of opponent For Jodie Whittaker's doctor And they, they seem to sort of you know they work they're roughly they look kind of like sort of around the same age they're kind of like play off each other well they they both sort of fairly physical so it's like okay
1: yeah i get and it. Is, is, a, is a nice meta reference to an adventure in space and time uh the uh the documentary that we got for the 50th anniversary it well that we got for the 50th anniversary uh where that same actor plays uh waris hussein uh who was the the very first director of doctor who
0: the more you uh, know
1: yeah. Right here on Polter so. Open, guys. <laughs> so he was in that. So I think that threw a lot of people. Like they, you know, the the fans who remember right. remembered Adventure Space and Time were like, oh, well, he's, he played a good guy in that, like the ultimate good guy. First director, work, worked with Verity Lambert and uh, fought against prejudice at the BBC and all that. So that was a nice little sort of distraction. Yeah. Um, and but yeah i you know i we haven't really talked about uh moffat's doctor and missy uh but moffat had this approach to the doc to the master which is he he remembered the 70s serials where the master would just say oh you know that couldn't contain me doctor or i i couldn't you i couldn't be killed by you know whatever uh villain x you you thought destroyed me in the last (laughs) episode uh and moffat Moffat's response to that, he, he wrote a whole column about this, was like, yep, that's good enough for me. That's, <laughs> that's all I need. Just the master saying, you know, I cannot be killed. or you know, And then whatever, whatever he got out last time, you know, we, we can accept that. So that's why he had Missy, I think, the first time she comes back, saying, oh, dying's for little people, dear. You know? Yeah. Uh, that's, I, I mean, and we you all just knew the master like was that. coming back.
0: I mean, yeah, 100% that, like the the whole thing where the john sim master shoots her and it's like oh you can't regenerate yeah nah, i got you it was like i mean of course they're gonna bring it back oh him her um hmm. we all knew that it's just a little like you know you 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 know man now i feel like whoever in uh the the uh what's her name uh the woman from misery um
1: i feel like got her
0: But it's like, it is true, like, you you left it at that point, you have to pick up from that point.
1: It was a golden opportunity to say, well, you know, what happened? Last time I saw you, there were two of you, and you were fighting, and you seemed to stop each other regenerating. Um, You know, what happened? Like, there's there's a joke waiting to be written there. Uh, And it's like, yeah, it's a big missed opportunity, and
0: honestly, like, I feel like it flies a little bit in the face of what I thought they were kind of trying to do with this season or at least not this season but like if you go rewind back to the previous new year's special where they brought back the dalek and it would seem like okay let's let's kind of try to reconnect with the you know the the old doctor who villains and continuity it seems like that was a a direction they were thinking about going to and they kind of are i mean they they brought back the master there there's a cyberman in the the previews you know like but the thing is like I'm just not convinced honestly Chris Chibnall is is a fan of the show you know like he just seems like he's kind of doing his own thing and it's maybe you like it maybe you don't like it but I I, at least with Russell Davies and Stephen Moffat I knew like they knew the show you know that they there was like oh yeah there's a reference to something that happened in the Pertwee era or you know the great intelligence it's like oh yeah of course the great intelligence you know not a tier one villain but like still like yeah we appreciate that and there's oh there's a macro in the background or whatever you know and now I just feel like it's it's kind of a hired gun
1: doing the show who's running the show and it's like that did happen once and it is it was one one and uh, when all of my memories of the rest of Spyfall have faded (laughs) <laughs> uh, I will remember two things. I'll remember the reveal the reveal of the master, um, and I will remember the reference to Lagopolis. Oh, Legopolis. Where did that come yeah. in? We're, Refresh my memory. Where that... they're, they're on top of the Eiffel Tower, and yes. they make a reference to Jodrell Bank, uh, which is where the Tom Baker Doctor fell from. Uh, the Master, I think, pushed him off or made him made him go out onto an unsafe platform or whatever it was, but they <laughs> reference it. And Legopolis is so, like, it's not one of the best Doctor Whos, but it's so one of my favorites. It's so one that, that gets me right here. Yeah. Uh, it had such mythology to it, and I will always have a soft spot in my heart for Legopolis. So the fact that Tribunal referenced it, even if just for five seconds, even if just to have, and it was actually perfect, to have the master not apologize for it yeah to say did i ever say i was sorry for that no good i thought that was that was nice and if the rest of the whole uh spy fall had been like that i would have been over the moon uh but it was not it was was um let's uh, talk about though enough to sort of tickle my my old school fanness
0: yeah no i mean you know it's it's good it doesn't make me forgive all the other stuff but yeah, um, it was nice. Um, so let's talk about, though, what we liked about it. So I got to say, even in part one, I do like the way they were kind of splitting up the team. And I thought, you know, everyone in the, the TARDIS, team TARDIS or the FAM or whatever you call it, was a little more likable um, because of it. I thought they were all kind of effective. I liked particularly liked Ryan as sort of the photographer guy or his, his cover uh, you know, trying <laughs> can to can we can we just
1: talk though? As I know, we're only supposed to be saying positive things now, but can we just talk as journalists how <laughs> how bad that interview was? Like the whole setup of it, the fact that the CEO leaves at the end of it and just leaves them alone in his office. I mean, the fact that he's taking pictures during the interview, which never happens.
0: Well, there was I no mean, PR person present, right? <laughs>
1: exactly. There's no black in the room. Saying sorry, you can't ask that, or you know, jumping in when the CEO gets flustered. I mean, yeah, just...
0: guys, it doesn't work that
1: way. <laughs> this is not how it works. <laughs> I yeah. thought that was pretty hilarious. That was almost as bad as I don't know if you've ever seen or read uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, I have
0: likely the... need done neither of those things.
1: <laughs> so, Fifty Shades of Grey, the reason that I could never read it, I could never get past chapter one, is it's the whole premise for the, you know, hot girl meeting the uh, reclusive billionaire is that sh- her roommate is a student journalist and has an interview set up with this billionaire and gets sick and she has to fill in at the last minute. And that is sort of the ultimate example of it would never that work that way as a journalist. <laughs> right? Uh, but this came close.
0: Wow. That's that's a that's, I, I kind of want to see Fifty Shades of Grey now just, cause, <laughs> just to see that absurd of setup You've done it Somehow they, they, they... I, I've never really wanted And had this on my radar As a thing I need to do And now it's like wow uh, I've got to get some media criticism <laughs> in on this We took it all We brought them to our land An endless night Ember hot and icy cold The rage
1: of the earth we made this curse, no. carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see, we could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senua Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. <laughs> there is there's definitely a paper to be written here on uh, media criticism in Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah,
0: um... <laughs> But, okay, so good stuff. (laughs) What was that? (laughs) First, the splitting up. I liked the, well, like you mentioned it, Stephen Fry, the MI6 stuff. That's all very good. Um, And I did like the, when when they all get into like tuxedos, uh, particularly the doctor. The doctor looked great. Jodie Whittaker looked great in her sort of uh, Bond-esque tuxedo type thing um yeah and, tuxedo
1: with culottes yeah cool.
0: and it all worked to go to the casino or whatever his party is so the the feel of that all worked really well um mm-hmm. so well i'll, I'll, I'll end then that that thought there and you know what did you what did you like other than the uh, ludopolis reference
1: well <laughs> I, I actually liked all of the stuff in the second episode with uh ada lovelace and uh the the spy yeah the um I, I thought that was great because you know, Dr. Who's original remit right was to be a historical show here's here's my problem with that.
0: My problem with that was mm-hmm. not necessarily what they did. I, I agree. I really liked uh, Ada Lovelace. the newer Khan stuff was okay is that there was a, definitely a little bit of after school special to it when they kind of like. Ada Lovelace was one thing, and then they go, oh, okay, so it's another overlooked female in history. Okay, I kind of get what you're doing here. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. But even that, I could sort of take the other. The thing I didn't like about it was that there was so much with the Doctor doing this stuff. I mean, it was, there was too much going on in Part 2, which is why I actually kind of liked yes. Part 1 better. And so we're kind of on opposite sides of this coin. I like Part 1 because of this stylistically, even though mm-hmm. a lot of it was nonsense. Particularly the chase, part two. The only thing I was really interested in now was the Doctor versus the Master, and there was a yeah. good, a decent amount of that. But the um, there's actually kind of a a good speech that the I forget the character's name, but the uh, the cipher for you know Sundar Pichai, whoever's the the Google CEO, right. uh, he has this good speech, this anti-tech rant, essentially uh at the end of it which is good but none of the episodes about that or virtually right. none like you y- you feel like this is the climactic scene of a of a story that resembles the circle um and, and that that's not the episode cuz she's <laughs> jumping about ta- time talking to Ada Lovelace Lovelace and Noor Khan and all these different eras and and you know having uh you know tete-a-tete's with the master in various places but uh that's fine and that, a lot of that was pretty decent it's just that like they tried to shoehorn in this anti-google thing or this anti-tech thing right. which sounds like it would have been a pretty good episode but that wasn't it so it, it was just like kind of this
1: jumbled i don't know a bit of a jumble it was mess it, it was very doctor who a sketch show yeah it had that kind of feel to it um and yeah, I feel like Lenny Henry's character was was kind of wasted. He's he's such a good actor. He actually started oh, he out great. As, he started out as a comedian, and, <laughs> uh, you know, and did these. You know, he was discovered in the seventies, I believe, uh, became really big in the eighties, and he was famous for having uh, tons of characters at his disposal, and uh, he did you know really exaggerated impressions. Um, but he was he had so much energy in his loudness and his brash um and in later years he sort of he did a s- semi-serious sitcom called chef in which he plays a you know a michelin star chef uh and that was very much the character that, that he brought to this you know very subdued Lenny henry um yeah so it so reminded it, I me I of, and i wanted to see more of that yeah
0: and andre Brower reminded me of like andre Brower in brooklyn nine nine he was like this ultimate straight man who just is unemotional whereas in that show it's kind of the joke, and in this one, you're kind of i don't know he was he was fine, but it was also like like i say it was it was wasted I, I wanted to i wanted to see either an episode that was all about the circle or something that with the doctor and the master that was a little more uh about what they were doing rather than some sort of after school special tour of of you know. Famous women in history, right?
1: Um, yeah, it, it needed to be one of those things or the other. Uh, and if you're going to have Ada Lovelace in there, may, maybe you can insert her into the plot, you know. Uh, but maybe don't do the uh, the spy stuff in World War Two. Yeah, exactly. And,
0: like I thought, like okay, I'm into this this Ada Lovelace thing and doing something computery, and then they jump into this other thing where it's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, we we have Nazis, yeah. and like you're like, wait, <laughs> hold on. It's like the I,
1: I did love, I have to say, the, the the WTF nature of the master just walking in as a Nazi officer and especially as the, the first non white master walking in <laughs> as a Nazi officer. And you're just like, What? Which is exactly the reaction you should have to the master in Doctor Who. What? what? Yeah. You, you just did what? Yeah. Um how does that work? And they they explained it, which was great. Well, that was. Um, good. But yeah, I kind of like you. I kind of wanted that. I wanted more of that. I wanted more sort of, the Doctor bounces around through time. The Master follows her, uh, and what the Master is a Nazi officer now, and you know maybe, let's let's take this to the absurd degree that the that the premise allows for. You know. Totally. Uh, yeah, that maybe worked. This is maybe Spyfall needed to be a good old fashioned four-parter. <laughs> you know it, it, it definitely park. had all of that stuff to it Maybe, you know make a make a whole season do a trial of time lord thing
0: i wouldn't have minded honestly like get, get really really ambitious with it um yeah. okay should we get to the the final bit should we should we talk about the big reveal i feel like yes. we need to do that so yeah this is where and i, I have a problem with it now i might you know change my mind based on what's revealed later but I do have a problem with it like to have them reveal that oh Gallifrey is now destroyed Uh, the master did it and it is essentially undone what was the the central you know issue plot motivation of the show for Mm. the entire like new series really literally from like all of it up until now for every doctor the previous four doctors i find that i'm 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 a little annoyed i mean i mean who knows they might do something good with it there might be more here i know it's not this isn't the final word on gallifrey people are going to reboot things or whatever but i'm also like hold on hold on hold on like i was very much like okay like you
1: haven't earned this this is not okay versions of the doctor saved gallifrey and put it into a pocket dimension uh, um and then and then we get to see it one more time uh, uh which i i wasn't a fan of uh hell bent yeah the way that it treated gallifrey was not brilliant but at least gallifrey survived at least the doctor's sacrifice was not for nothing
0: yeah and i, I feel like i i i don't know if anyone has taken Chibnall aside and said oh, do you do you have any idea what you're doing here this is this is mm. really not okay i mean it's it's or rather not that it's not okay. It's not going to sit okay with a lot of fans. And I'm sure he's like, no, no, no it's going to be great. We're going to do blah, 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 blah. And maybe maybe he will. Who knows? Like, you can't really, you got to reserve judgment, final judgment until he's done what he's trying to do. And his showrunner. He, mm. he should have that license. But I'm like, oh, wow, dude, you, you have just dug yourself like such a massive hole. I have no idea how
1: you're going to get out of this. And, and, and for the size of the reveal that it was, I mean, that's huge. If Gallifrey is destroyed, especially if every last Time Lord is destroyed, and the do- the Doctor and the Master are once again the last of the Time Lords, um, that's we we need to we need to talk through that, right? We need more than just here's a few minutes of uh, surprise at the end of an episode that was about something else entirely.
0: Yeah, and we're recording this on a on a Sunday evening. It's you know, January 19th, there's been a couple episodes since, you know, I've seen them, you know, to, to do that. And then, you know, you have a little bit of um, anger and, and sort of um, keeping it in brave face from Jodie Whittaker, but there's not really any, it's not really permeating in the next two at all. And I feel like it should be um, yeah. kind of in the way that, and they didn't handle this particularly well in a way that, that made a sense, but I think they handle it better in the the Matt Smith season where um, Amy is kidnapped and she's really a ganger. You know, there were, there were hints throughout and concern, you know, sort of things that made sense in hindsight as it sort of happened where maybe there will be some of that, but I don't know. I feel like this is, like you say, this is something that character should be carrying with her in a very kind of real way. And whether it manifests as sort of talking about it or anger in sort of strange places, you know, uh, I think that should be happening and it's not really happening.
1: Uh, And it's also, I mean, it does bring up this, this issue that, that is a constant problem in, in Doctor Who, not just the Chibnall era, but the the problem of how do you not hit the reset? How can the Doctor not hit the reset button on anything that goes wrong? Right. right? Uh, you have to give us a reason why. Maybe it's a fixed point in time. Maybe Gallifrey was time-locked in some way. But why can the Doctor not now devote all her energies to uh, reversing this, to going back to when the Master destroyed Gallifrey? Why wouldn't it be the first thing she thinks of? Uh, why? Why is she suddenly come all over all British and uh, not talking about it? You know. Yeah. Just well, I mean, this
0: is—it's put- a fair point. Um, I feel like what they need to do, in the time lock was kind of that for the time war, but mm. yeah. Uh, like I always sort of was under the impression Gallifrey was kind of time locked. I mean, they didn't never use that terminology, but because Gallifrey is essentially a race of time travelers, like mm. there's there's almost a well time travel doesn't work here sort of unwritten right. rule which i think a lot of people kind of sort of expected but i mean i think it's time to start saying those unwritten rules um but yeah like and i think you know to segue a little bit from from our bewilderment at this particularly re- <laughs> reveal it's funny that you say that because in this very episode they use exactly that device they, for the for mm. really the first time in my to my knowledge. I mean, they completely explicitly totally do the Bill and Ted thing, which they've kind of done here and there in this, usually in a tenant episode where he's kind of like timey wimey. I remember what you were doing, blah blah blah, in this moment mm. or whatever. But this is this is really the the first time I've actually seen them do the real the Bill and Ted thing, like mm. oh. I need something here and now I'm just going to get it and remember to time travel later to this point. So I have that thing, (laughs) you know, which is clever, but I mean, they've never quite done that and they finally did it. And I'm like, okay, you did it. And I was kind of like, I was into it. They can't really do that again.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 You, you get to use that once per season, the,
0: more than, Less than that. I would argue once
1: every <laughs> once three doctor. doctors, I would say, you get to use that. <laughs> and the, the other thing to, you know, not to harp on Gallifrey's destruction and all that, but we one of the last things we were told about Gallifrey is that they were able to hold off the entire Dalek Empire for yeah. as long as the time war lasted. And for us then to believe that the master can just come in and destroy all of Gallifrey just like that, just snap his fingers and it's gone. Um, I, okay. I can believe it, but it needs more. Needs you more. Know, again, just a couple of lines of dialogue. I outsmarted them. I, they never saw it coming. They thought I was on their side, you know, something to give us a kickstart in creating the head necessary to believe that the master could destroy the time Lords. Yeah. I, I
0: it's, it's again, and I, I got to say it, speaks back to what i was saying a little earlier where it's like i get chibnall wants to do big and bold things i get that um you know he he's entitled to as the showrunner i would i would say but it's also like i don't i don't feel like he has an appreciation for what he's doing here i don't Mm. think he's a fan of the show in the way that davies and moffat were and i i i Every All the evidence so far suggests to me that I'm not going to get something that satisfying that's going to sort of answer these things. I think he has answers. I think these there's certainly going to be some resolution to all this, but I'm going to be – I don't know. I, I It's hard for me to believe I'm going to be blown away by it, and I'm sort of anxiously awaiting the next showrunner to kind of reboot again and, <laughs> you know – gloss over this stuff and do something mm. better frankly like i'm starting to get there and i'm i'm sad about it because i actually really like jody whitaker and i the the fam starting to grow on me mm. um even though I, I don't never had a problem with any of them individually i think um i actually thought ryan was kind of boring last year and now he's kind of better um but i i, don't know, I just feel like they deserve better i feel like this this could be better epic stuff and it's instead it's kind of a mishmash of style and uh ideas but nothing's really like taking hold of me
1: i, th- I think i agree with that but i i also uh, it just it's really irks me because i feel like it's so close to being good it yeah. just needs just that little bit more explanation uh description you know we just need to We're we're Doctor Who fans. We're going to suspend our disbelief pretty easily. I'd say possibly the most easily of any fandom.
0: Well, I also got to think it's like it's not even just Doctor Who and paying attention to fandom. Like pay attention to your story. okay? like listen to like remember like part one. okay? so remember like there's the uh, party where the this the guy's birthday party or I think that's what it was. And he the doctor challenges him and he kind of runs away and they get on some motorcycles to chase after him. And then this guy who is ostensibly a CEO of some powerful tech company starts shooting at them, which is like, (laughs) wait, what? And which is like, that's a very odd choice. Actually leaving your own party. number one was already an odd choice, but then they get, he gets to the, the airport he he's still being chased, you know, he knows he hasn't killed his pursuers, and he goes in the airplane hangar and they're on they're outside the door and he just kind of forget about forgets about them. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, I'm gonna go on the plane and assume that everything's gonna be fine. Which is like, wait a minute, are you are you even paying attention to your own story? This doesn't make sense. I mean, forget that it's Doctor Who, forget all the fanboy stuff we've been complaining about. Like this as an action plot, point does not make any sense like what are you doing like you need to go back and do another draft of this because it doesn't work
1: <laughs> well my understanding was that it was all part of the plan that he was supposed to lure that like he was in cahoots with the master so he actually lured them onto the plane uh where they so that they could then blow up the plane uh that was that was my understanding. It, looking at it in retrospect but that's again I, I fear that if i were to watch the episode again that that would just collapse and uh none of it would make sense and uh this this is why i'm hesitant often with doctor who especially to to go back and rewatch an episode because so i'm like I, <laughs> I think I've, I can I've rewatch constructed an understanding of this that makes sense but I rewatch,
0: you know. that's the thing. I rewatch like <laughs> Eggleston, Tennant and and mm-hmm. Smith stuff and some Capaldi stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't done a ton of that with um, Whitaker yet. I think I've only seen like one episode twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know, we'll see. Uh, but I don't Do know, you, I just, I, have... I, my whole thing with plot, um, plot oversights like that uh, is like, if I'm thinking about it in the moment, is it's it's not it's it's bad. If I think about it like after, if it's like I was enthralled in the moment, I'm like, oh this is cool and then I think about it like an hour later when I'm having drinks with everyone, oh yeah, that actually didn't make any sense because blah, it's like, ugh, yeah, it's too bad. But that's okay. Because nothing if you take apart any action plot point, you know, like it, it, mm. nothing really makes sense. But I yeah. you know, I was constantly thinking that Zwe, that doesn't make sense. Like as I was
1: watching it. Um, thing it's got to get you through the next five minutes yeah it's not
0: suspending my disbelief so yeah it was an issue so I I wish I'd liked it more I do think there was a lot of wasted opportunities I do respect the ambition and the style of it Uh, and the doctor master stuff is good enough uh, on in the moment and in in the inter-character dynamic that I think I can like all that but I can't say I really like the episodes and the the aliens just kind of like I didn't get them at all. What were they, the Kasavan mm-hmm. or something?
1: Did you get it? Yeah, I I did not, and I kept thinking of um, Army of Ghosts. Right. Well, I, I kept thinking this, this this is like they they seem to have some sort of shape on top of their head. I I knew that they, were, they weren't Cybermen, but I I it seemed like they were supposed to be identifiable as something else right as some past doctor who villain and the having the bright halo of light around them at all times seem to be teasing something more and and i always
0: think i always think aliens who are like that who are just these big glowy things i think they're going to do the vardens again (laughs) for some (laughs) reason who are like only in the invasion of time and i think they were all like Taken out or time locked, so they, you know, you have to explain why they're
1: back, but or maybe you don't because you're Chris Chibnall and you don't have to explain anything. Right. But it, it is weird that that Doctor Who does not reuse its its villains more. Like we have such a history of it. Let's... Oh man,
0: I've got volumes and volumes and volumes of monsters and 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 villains. Mm-hmm. That yeah, you could do the Axons, you could do the leptils you could do like whatever. And they, every now and then they kind of there's, they get a mention. Remember when the Macra came back for like two seconds in mm-hmm. gridlock?
1: Yeah. Um, you know? But it's but it's no more than that. And, I you know, it, I think it would make the Doctor Who universe more believable. Um, the idea that, well, you know, it's not – there aren't so many uh, villainous monsters out there that you, you're not going to – you're never going to run into the same ones twice. Yeah. Uh, well. You know? And all of the ideas have been had, you know? Yeah. Um, so, what do you think? Obviously, what we're supposed to be discussing, uh, according to Chris Chibnall at this point, is the question of what, what did the master see? What did the master learn that was uh, so terrible? Yeah. Uh, about well, it's obviously something. Everything in- is a lie
0: that goes with the the, the roots of Time Lord history. Like, I can't, like, I have, he has not earned any trust, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. in that, like, oh, I, has he gone back into the Cartmel master plan and decided that the other <laughs> exists or something like that? Like, I don't think he even knows what that is, mm. you know? And so it's, it's really, it's almost like what I was feeling when, you know, uh, another show that I used to like went awry, which was Heroes, Back in mm. the two thousands, where like I I could tell these the people writing the show weren't paying attention to how it you know it worked how how the powers worked and how the heroes worked as much as like the fans were because they would just do these sort of random things with certain characters it's like wait a minute you know that doesn't make sense her power doesn't mm. work that way so I I'm, I'm not. I, the reason I haven't talked about it till now is like, well, I mean, I'm kind of shrugging. Like, I'm sure it'll be, like, yeah. something that he kind of made up and whatever, and I'm not going to be as into it. Like, I might be pleasantly surprised, um, but who knows? So I I would just simply guess that, like, the Time Lords, he would probably say something like, the Time Lords are really, it's like Earth in the future or something like that. It'd be <laughs> something that simple. Like, and it'd be like, oh, okay, no one's ever thought of that. Mm. Um Anyway, yeah,
1: I think you've, you've hit upon a great rule of uh showrunners of just about everything, but certainly anything uh, in geek culture, which is this notion that you have to feel like the showrunner is the biggest fan yeah. of the show. And you felt that with Moffat and you felt it with uh, Davies. And even if you didn't always agree with their choices, they were clearly fans. Uh, Chibnall, I don't know, he, he plays a fan in the pages of Doctor Who magazine. Um, when, when you read his column, you know, he's, he's sprinkling it with lots of references, but it doesn't, you know, if he is that way, it's not coming across. It's not coming through. And yeah, I think I, I absolutely agree with you that they haven't, he hasn't earned the right to, uh, interfere in Time Lord history as it were. Yeah, Um, he he hasn't written anything else about the Time Lords.
0: He aimed way too high, too fast. Like, I would have said, like, do something interesting with, say, the Daleks, which Mm -hmm. I would argue, like, Moffat utterly effed up and, like, didn't just underuse. Like, the Daleks during the Moffat era were not treated well. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't think there's anything that was really that epic it was a bunch of random really like a bunch of random ideas (laughs) and he constantly rebooted them. He rebooted them like three or four times with different ideas and never stuck to it. Like I would have said, like if you want to do something interesting, like take the oldest villain in doctor who do something cool with it, make it an ongoing thing. Like that would have been a good idea. And Mm. instead he went even
1: higher. Like he went,
0: he basically undid the entire mythology of the, of new who
1: yep and Which it's like well that's your if the if that's your end point that's fine but you've got to take us there
0: yeah, uh, yeah. totally
1: like more than five minutes
0: yeah um so you know he exactly so he hasn't earned earned enough respect for me for me to make a prediction like i'm just like okay i'll just take whatever you're gonna do and I'm i'll just move on to the next thing whatever it is and maybe it'll be good maybe he will earn something with it but i don't think he will
1: I will say though that given the choice, and this will be my final word on Spyfall. But given the choice between uh, badly done mythology and no mythology in a show that's just monster of the week, I will I will take the former. I will take like badly done. I will take badly done. I will take being worried and concerned about the mythology of the show and where it's going over just you know hit the reset button week after week. Or, you know, base under siege week after week.
0: Yeah, it depend, depends how good those monsters are. Depends how good those little bottle episodes are. I, I don't know. You <laughs> can. <laughs> I remember when um, X Files. I mean, I, I was never. Here's the thing I had a different relationship with the X Files. And they. I, I never was really into the mythology of the show. But I mm-hmm. actually did find many of the Monster of the Week episodes quite interesting. And when uh they had a writer named darren morgan come on who wrote some of the best monster of the week episodes which played up the characters and their relationship had uh interesting things to say he was very funny uh with his dialogue um
1: that actually got me really into the x-files for a little while it it has to feel like you're making your monster like you're, you're you've given the monster the best shot that you can in terms yeah. of getting it uh, in, into the Pantheon right yeah. uh, getting it to be so memorable that the audience will want to see the monster come back you know the the weeping angels being the prime example yes definitely uh, and I would say that the silence as well um, silence you know, were okay
0: they were like I honestly think the silence are low-rent weeping angels
1: Oh, sure. I, I think, I mean, we- Weeping Angels was lightning struck and it, it's never going to be that good again. But I love the idea. It was so creepy to me, a villain that you forget the instant you're not looking at them. Um, yeah. Yeah. And just it needs something like that, some twist, some tricks, some look. You know, that was a, a lot of the, the old series villain. It was all about the the really creepy, iconic look that they had to come up with on a very limited budget. Uh, and that often stretched people's imaginations.
0: Yeah, and when you can when you can amplify something in the real world, um, and sometimes it's a little hackneyed, like the Vashtra Narada who were like killer shadows. Yeah. But then you also you know moments of brilliance like the Cybermen, which yeah. were a monster of the week. But it was like, you know, as the creators have said, they were taking ideas like prosthetics and um, saying like, well, what is that? You know, times a million. Like what is that to its logical endpoint? And you know, it's not a super original idea, but you know, every sci-fi show has done their
1: version of it. But um,
0: they were clearly they clearly
1: resonated. Even something like the Zygons. I mean, that they were sort of quintessential monster of the week that didn't really have. Like, you know, they weren't trying to say anything about nuclear war. They weren't the Daleks. They weren't, you know, uh, talking about the cybernetic future of humanity. Uh, They were just monsters with giant suckers. Uh, (laughs) But they looked cool, and we always remembered them. And we were so glad when they came back for the 50th. You know, it was, it just, it had that iconic look to it. Uh, And it was something that hadn't been done with rubber suits before.
0: Rubber yeah. suits—they got to bring back the rubber suits, man. Let's do that.
1: Yeah, yeah let's have an all rubber suit season of Doctor Who.
0: <laughs> I'm into it. I will set a date. All right, sir. I think. Uh, what did? What do you? Well, let's get, make it definitive. Did you like this episode? Did you like Spyfall? Yes or no.
1: I liked Spyfall Part Two. Would watch Part Two again. Not so sure about Part One.
0: I liked uh, Part One. I'd watch them both again, I guess. I guess I kind of liked it. On style, almost entirely on style. And because I like the new master, I think he's actually pretty good.
1: Yeah, Spyfall is up there.
0: Yeah, Spyfall's okay. Even though I hate so much of it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we've done it. We've done another episode of Pull to Open. This is it. Thank you all for joining us uh, on chatting with us about uh, Doctor Who. Um, We may talk more about more Jody Whittaker stuff, we may not. I don't know. Chris, maybe we'll yeah. just decide. I think we'll probably talk about Jody Whittaker stuff for a while until maybe the end of the season, and then we'll go back to talking about our favorite things.
1: All of time and space, where do we want to go?
0: We've got it. All right, guys, thanks for coming. <laughs> don't forget to hit that subscribe button wherever you are, whatever you happen to be, whether it's Pocket Casts or Breaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. This has been Pulled to Open. I'm Pete Paschal. <laughs> And I'm Chris Taylor. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye.